Welcome to the show. Uh, my guest is a writer and performer. Please welcome Joe Patrick Winters. Hello. So, Joe, you're part of a special mini series on my podcast where I'm going to be having all the cohort from our Universal Animation Writing Program on. Uh, we've been working together for a couple months now, writing animated material. Yes, indeed. And, uh, so we'll, I have I do have a question about that. Okay. But for anyone listening to this for the first time or here to, to listen to Joe, basically I have on friends and colleagues such as Joe on the podcast to tell a story that they've never told publicly for the first time or barely privately and have not really had time to vet the story or shape <laughs> it. Uh, all for my amusement and enjoyment and also for your enjoyment as well. And for well. my humiliation. Sure, yeah, there's some humiliation involved, but, you know, it's the idea of great storytellers being forced to tell something a bit off the cuff and unprepared and just to see, you know, where the stories land, Uh, and that's the concept of the show. But before we get into your story, Joe, I wanted to ask a quick question about writing because, you know, I I have a lot of writers on the show because that's a lot of the people I I, I know and and work with. So my question for you... uh, for any writers out there, uh, let's say you're having a writer's block day. Oh, gosh. What are some tips and tricks you like to use to try to get out of that slump? Um, Honestly, I'll just, like, go driving and, like, put on a bomb playlist. <laughs> uh, no, I don't, like, my brain works differently in the car I've like as I'm like moving, things are like moving past me. Um, I have a friend that lives in New York. Was like I could never live in LA because I hate driving. I was like I could never live in New York because I hate the subway. Um, I just like being in like my own little confined space in my bubble, and you know listening to some music and what I don't know whatever's driving I'm driving past and whatever's playing just like helps me get in this headspace of just tossing around ideas and like thinking about things so that's usually my go-to that's a yeah that's a great tip i i i also i don't i don't do that necessarily but i definitely just go do something else yeah uh and i feel like sometimes people don't think that's part of the writing process yeah but it, it is when it's like you have to not think about it in order to think about it. it that that's weird advice, but yeah. Yeah, no, I yeah, I just I usually take off and get a boba or something. Boba. This episode is sponsored by Boba. I know. Please please sponsor us any boba company. Uh so yeah, no. So that's a that's a really great tip from from a great writer and uh I guess if you're 
And I can say that because I've read your material. So oh, thank it, you. It's not just me just saying that. But uh, if you're ready to tell a story you've never told publicly, let's before, do it. <laughs> uh, let let let's hear it, and then after that, you know, we can kind of break it down a bit. Or I might and then you can edit it. this in post, and you know, make it I, coherent. Uh, I generally don't. So <laughs> this is sort of like a one take type of thing, unless like a car drives by and disturbs our noise. Right. The murder of crows just swoops down. Right, yeah. But aside from that, uh, no, it's one take. Uh, cool. It, it's like sort of pitching, but not really, but yes. Same idea. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess I should say what story I'm telling. Um, this is the story about how I placed top three in a drag competition that I did not want to be in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. And you've never um, talked about this? I, so, like, I... People are aware that I obviously, you know, like, did this show or, like, did this competition. And I, like, might have expressed some disdain to, like, a close friend um, at the time. But, like, I have never really talked about this. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Yeah, because I, I, you know, because you and I, as we know each other, you've referenced that you've competed in a competition, but never got yes. into why or or even, like, what happened. Just You just referenced that you did it, and we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, this, that was, the, the one I referenced is the one that I won, that I wanted to be in. This is a different oh, one. <laughs> oh, okay. This is the one you haven't. Oh, great. Yeah. So we're going to hear something oh, yeah. you, you haven't talked about. Awesome. All right. So um, for anyone who doesn't know me, uh, I also uh, am a drag queen who goes by the name Zelda Peaches. Um, and if you get that reference, you get uh, some bonus points. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I'll just dive on into that. Um, whatchamacallit? So... We're going back in the time machine to summer of 2015, I believe it was. Um, and so I was a theater major, and I was, you know, still at that time auditioning for shows. And around that time, I was also kind of starting to explore drag and the drag scene and was starting to, like, you know, get bookings and things of that nature. And I auditioned. Quick for, question: yeah. Were you out in LA at this point? Doing no. That? Oh, oh. Also, reference: I was in Richmond, Virginia. Thank you for pointing that out. I did not move to LA till like 2017. Got it. Um, so I was still living in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, and so I auditioned for this show called Psycho Beach Party. If you have ever heard of it, I have not. Probably not. Um, it's a little niche kind of like a cult classic in some ways, I guess. But it's kind of like a 1950s-esque style, you know, like teen beach romp or whatever, but uh, with, like, murder. Right. And uh, and the main character, I forget her name. I want to say it's, like, Gidget or something, <laughs> um, is uh, it, um, a man in who plays the girl character in drag. Okay. Um, and I was like, ooh, this is perfect for me. So I auditioned for it. And I did not get it, but I got offered the understudy role. Um, 
But fun fact, I had just graduated a few, like a year or so previously from Virginia Commonwealth University. Uh, and in all of their shows, like their main stage, like main productions that we had to audition for, like three times in a row, I was the understudy. And at that point, I was just over understudying. I was like, I don't want to do that. But in my little, like, 20-something-year-old baby head, I was convinced, like, I can't, I can't just say no. I can't just tell them no. I have to have a reason or an excuse. Um, and so at that time, I had also kind of been asked or approached if I'd want to participate in this drag competition. Uh, it was called uh, Bianca's Drag Race. <laughs> or it will it fluctuate between the host's name was Bianca. Um, I don't know where they got that name from. Um, the Bianca's Drag Race. It seems like a wholly original concept. Right. You know? yeah. um, well, it also fluctuated between that and Miss Virginia Drag Race. They would always like toss up between the two. It doesn't really matter. It was not an officially registered pageant. Um, <laughs> anywho. Um, Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Is is the drag scene in Richmond, Virginia, big, small, niche? Um, it's definitely been growing. I think. Um, oh, and he, well, here's the other thing I'll say. I I have a very like intricate and intimate knowledge of like drag and drag culture. So if at any point I say anything during my story, where it's like, um, what, like, what is that? Feel free to like stop me ask me point point something out yeah i just uh yeah i just wanted to gauge a flake yeah so you... at the time um it was um oh god what, what i mean it was pretty i wouldn't say it was big um i know it was like a huge drag scene but it was like a very like tightly knit group Okay. Of kind, of, I mean, like there were three gay bars. Like, if you, when you're out in Los Angeles or something, you have like, oh, we could go to WeHo or we could go downtown or we could go to like this gay bar or here. Like in Richmond, we had three gay bars, and then there was it, three gay bars, and then there was like a fetish club that would also like sometimes host like gay nights. So you, chances are, you you probably would know all the people participating and all the for the most part competitors because it's yeah it's that it's small enough to know yeah it was small enough definitely um didn't necessarily know all the competitors because it was a lot of like new queens and so some of like some of them had like been on the scene for um a minute and kind of had gotten their name established but it was still like had their wings wet other people were like brand new kind of first time doing drag uh, so it was that kind of mix. Anyway, sidetracking back to... Yeah, sorry. No, 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 you're fine. I also have a tendency to go on tangents. Um, so yeah, I had been approached and asked if I would want to compete in that. Um, and I was kind of like... I forget like wh- why specifically, but I just remember being like, eh, I don't really... That's not my vibe. I'm not really feeling it. But then... I had like this toss up. It was like, oh, well, I don't really want to understudy for the show, so I can like tell them I'm doing this competition. Um, and like, that's my excuse. Oh my God, like, no, I'm so sorry. Like, thank you for the opportunity, but I actually just like got booked for this like competition, which was like a weekly thing. It wasn't just like a one and done. It would like take, it would, took place over the course of like several weeks, kind of, you know, like a 
drag race style setup right. and with like a grand finale at the end or whatever. And so I did that uh, with the no- thinking like, oh, maybe I'll just like, you know, like drop out or something. Um, but then it was like a few weeks before the con, like the first show like kicked it off a girl dropped out and it was like a huge deal They're like oh my gosh i can't believe she did this like now we have to get like somebody they found somebody to replace her so they had like the right number of of girls and it was like this big deal and i was like oh God, i can't do this now <laughs> i don't want to get like blacklisted from the scene damn um so i was like oh, okay i'm committing i am committing um and then yeah, the the competition started. I remember the first um like night was it wasn't on the 4th of July, I don't think, but it was like 4th of July themed, like your best red, white, like red, white and blue eleganza or whatever. It's like, okay. Um and then after the first um the first episode or the first, you know, show of the competition, another girl dropped out. And that was a big deal. I was like, oh, I really can't do this now. Damn. Um, And so I just, like, kept at it. Um, And I think part of the reason, and, like, I mean, I already said, I made it to the top three. I think part of the reason I did so well was because I just didn't give a shit. I, um, like... I was I was just in it for fun. I had no stakes at like other girls were oh my gosh, I have to like this is my all. I have to I have so much pressure is on me to win and I was just like I'm going to show up and like make a fool of myself. <laughs> how many so how many like had you done a lot of competitions before this one? At that point, no. Okay. Um cuz I was also as a baby queen, I was kind of Richmond was very kind of like pageant centric at the time, and like with like the mindset of like, oh, if you're doing drag, you should be, and you want to like do well and succeed, like you have to try out for all the pageants and do all the things. And me being like a, a bratty little new kid was like, I don't want to do that. I want to like make art. <laughs> um, so I hadn't really, I had like seen some pageants before. Um, but I had never really participated in them, which by the way, actually I'm at this point in my life where I want to like go to, just show me a good drag pageant. It, there's so much work and skill and energy that goes into them that I didn't really appreciate when I was younger. Cause I was like, Hey, like, I don't want to like, you have to pad or, you know, be pretty. I want to be like like crazy and like make art um so so just to just to recap you do the pageant or the competition because you want to get out of this understudy role which you do yeah and then you're kind of winging it i'm kind of winging it yeah um and then like something just kind of takes over i don't know what it's like i don't care but at the same time i if whether it's like just like the performative nature of you know what I love to do, like I love to perform, or just my competitive spirit, I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not just gonna throw it because I could have just like you know like tanked it 
and like gone home on purpose. But I was like, eh, my name, like at the end of the day, like my name's on the line and, you know, like I future bookings or whatever are, you know, on the line potentially. It's like, I'm not just like going to make an ass of myself and like throw the competition. I'm actually like going to, you know, do the challenges. I'm just like not going to care about them. Um, so yeah, just like give you like I, I, I was like going through my feed. It's like, what did we even do? I was just like going through my phone feed earlier. So yeah, like one of the things was we did like the Fourth of July night, red, white, and blue. Um, w- then we one week we got assigned. Uh, each person had a different like musical genre assigned to them, uh, and they had to like perform that song. And I got assigned. <laughs> wimpy skinny little white twink got assigned rap and everyone's like oh i wonder what she's gonna do with that and i was just like i found some like parody beetlejuice um rap on you know like from like one of the comedy accounts or whatever there's like a parody uh rap of like uh, like beetlejuice and then i mixed that with Nicki minaj's monster verse and I just like came out there and like did a rap number as Beetlejuice, um, and everyone's like, "What? That's so weird. It's so cool." Um, and yeah, we had like a musical theater night. So I uh, did like something from Les Mis. Um, there was one, and then there was one night where I was in like the bottom. Uh, I it was they assigned us like. A queen, like a well-established drag queen from like the Richmond drag scene, and we had to in, like impersonate them. And I chose, like, I guess my mentor from the drag bar that I worked at did not do to, did not do a great job at impersonating them. And the runway was like creative evening gown, which is like people showed up like with a dress made out of like duct tape or you know just like unconventional materials. And I just had like a dress off the rack that I sewed like just like Polaroid pictures of myself on. And they're like, yeah, you're in the bottom. And I was like, cool. This is like, this could be like my chance to go home. Like I'm like, be done with it. But then the song, like the song we had to lip sync to our life. If you're familiar with like, kind of like RuPaul's Drag Race format at all. I'm not that familiar okay. with the format, but I, I understand. The, so yeah, basically, the yeah. Do you have two, like two bottom Queens that lip sync to the same song and then whoever does better gets to stay. Got it. Kind of vibe. Um, and the song came on and I was just like having fun with it. And apparently I did better than the other girl. Cause like, I didn't want to, again, like competitive nature. I didn't just want to be like, I'm just going to stand here and do nothing. It's like, I'm going to put like, I'm going to put on a show. And if I go home, great. Um, I stayed. <laughs> um, and then I think I actually like won ultimately like won two challenges. Um, there was like a con- uh there was we had a partner for one that uh I was like did some conjoined twin number with them that went over well and then th- and then I won a freaking dance challenge which I'm not a I mean like you you might you might not know me like super well but I'm not a dancer got it like look like and there were some like dance queens in that lineup. Um, I think we were down like four or five at that point. Um, but the judging was like, oh, 
so and so like you like you're a professional dancer like you're a dance queen um and we just felt like you didn't like bring the potential that like we expect like you didn't like go above and beyond like we expected something from you whereas Zelda you're not a dancer but you gave so much like you gave it your all and I I think I won that night and I was like what the fuck what (laughs) um Anyway, I am owed. I'm. I. I think ultimately I won like two custom outfits, which I'm still owed. Uh, Bianca Blake Star, if you're listening, um, it's fine. It's it's not right, but it's okay. Yes, professional screenwriter Joe Patrick Winters would like the custom suits. Yeah, I went like well, and that's the thing. I went to their their house or whatever because you know they designed or yeah um, custom. Uh, made dresses and stuff like that um and i went to their house for like a design like brainstorming sesh and kind of like measure measuring thing and then i just like never got anything um which i'm not bitter about um but anyway so finally like make it all the way down the line finale i'm i don't i don't know how i don't know why as somebody who was just like not really giving a care in the world made it to the top three of this of this competition contest pageant competition um and finale night is like traditional pageant you know with uh, like a evening gown performance talent q a sort of like setup um and i mean what can I say about that? Uh, I remember that I think the ta- the talent portion. No, okay. The prompt for the performance was uh, like imper- like Im- like female impersonation or like celebrity impersonation, and I did Liza Minnelli's Cabaret. And I came out and um, so if you don't know kind of like how pageants are set up, you know, you have your different categories and you can win individual categories. But then like whoever wins the most or gets the most points overall wins the whole thing. I came out and did like spot on Liza Minnelli, like life is a cabaret, like whatever. Um, Let's not get this copyrighted. (laughs) Why well, I, mean, um, I don't have sponsors, so I think you hey, can, you can just sing it. I think I can just sing. I guess. Um, yeah. So I did that. I won like the performance portion of it, <laughs> so that was kind of fun. And then evening gown. I had uh, I borrowed a dress from a queen that uh, did not fit me, but I thought it looked pretty at the time. Did not do well at that. Um, and then performance, or and then like the talent number. I people kind of like knew me as a comedy girl and i was just like i'm gonna do uh, i'm gonna do this musical theater number that's gonna make people cry um i well okay so it did a kind of like a medley from the show called dogfight uh which is this story about yeah uh, what is it like a marine or navy guy is off on leave for the day and it's based on a movie, I think. And, you know, the the guys have this competition to see, like, who like who can bring the ugliest girl to the dance kind of thing. And I, so I 
<laughs> I did this like medley number from the show that I was kind of like obsessed with at the time. Um, about like from the point of view of the girl and you know she, like she goes to the dance she finds out like it's because she, like she's ugly and then like runs home and like sing cries about it and I was like I like I want to make sure I want to make you mother weep <laughs> I was like I want to make I want to like make sure there's not a dry eye in the house and I, I I cried on stage I like wept and I was like take that freshman year acting teacher where's my a now <laughs> yeah let all that anger out sure um <laughs> yeah. um and so yeah basically we get to like you know the the announcement like who's going to win and this was the point where i really knew i did not want to win well first of all the prize was, um, what was it? It was like you get a custom jewelry set or something. It's like okay, Dra- like also if you have a second, Google just just Google drag jewelry. It's like big and bulky. Not necessarily. It's supposed to be like grandiose and larger than life. Maybe like not not the most aesthetically pleasing thing in the world, but it's like you know, it's like expensive. Um, so like you, uh, like a drag jewelry set, like you were contractually obligated to like work with them on like whatever events they had, like the comp, the teams, queens events they were doing over like the next year. And you won $200 over the course of the year. You got 100 the night you won and 100 the night you gave up your crown. (laughs) And it's like... Oh, for all, like, you know, the time, effort, energy, and money you put, like, trying to, like, do every single challenge and, you know, like, rise to the occasion. It's like, that's not a lot of money, but okay. Like, it's like I, less than a dollar a day. Yeah, it's like, I can make that a, at a brunch show or whatever. Um, but, yeah, so, like, that that was, like, the prize package. But the <laughs> there was an even deeper-seated um, reason why I really did not want to win that night. Yeah, let's hear it. I had to go to the bathroom so bad. <laughs> no, you don't understand. So I think we had, okay, we had to, for like finale night, we had to get there like earlier than usual for some reason. I think they had to explain the rules or like we had to set up. So we Anyway, I remember like being there earlier than usual. And then because it's like, you know, the grand finale, the big grandiose, and it like lasted forever and all this time i'm like tucked and like i don't it's one of those things again like i'm just like here you know for fun but it's like still a performance and so i'm like you know a little like perform like pre-performance jitters shout out to the free drink tickets um so you know like throwing back a few in drag tucked for hours by the end of that night, when we're like all lined up, it's like, and the winner is, I had to go to the bathroom so badly. And I knew 
if I had if I won and they put that crown on my head, I would be subjected to like, okay, and now you like shake the hands of the people. Oh, congratulations. Photo op, photo op. And I was like, I do not have time for that. And so, you know, we're all in that lineup, you know, everyone's like sisterly, like holding each other's hands, like, oh, kiss, kiss. I hope like I hope it's you. No, I hope it's you, like kind of thing. Um and they announced the winner. It's like, and it's not Zelda, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, uh, yay, congratulations! Like, and like, and that, like, thank you for coming to the drag race competition. Sh- close. Uh, and I like not even think about it. like run off stage, start like throwing off my drag, like getting rid of like seven layers of tights, stuff like that, and just like bolting it to the bathroom. What I didn't necessarily realize <laughs> is that to like the un like the untrained eye or like the like unknowing observer, this queen like she just lost. She runs off stage, starts like throwing off her drag, and people were like, "Oh my god, Zelda's like really upset. She's like so upset that she lost. Oh my god, is she okay?" And I was just like, "No, I don't care. I just had to pee." <laughs> um, and that's this, uh, and yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. That's the story about how I placed top three in a competition I didn't really care for, and why everyone thought I was really upset about losing. Ah, <laughs> uh, what a what a quirky ending to that story. It's great. Um, so. I, uh, I, I before I ask the question, I usually ask all the guests. Uh, I wanted to kind of break down what I thought was interesting was that it, it, was, it was like, all right, you're looking for a kind of you're you're jaded of being an understudy again. You're like I can't do this again. You find a reason to not do it, which is to be on this. Let's just RuPaul Drag Race type show yeah. in, in Richmond, Virginia, elimination style show, but you can't quit it because it'll look bad for you because then you will kind of maybe get you know blacklisted from the scene or like yeah. you can't go to events or you like people will like look badly upon you so you have to keep competing but then you get really into it because like well i'm here i'm gonna try to win this right and then you get super <laughs> deep in the competition and you don't get eliminated and you get to the final show and you just have to really use the bathroom and you're like yeah. i just want to lose now it's like like i got like before I was like, oh, like I maybe it kind of be cute if I won, but like by the time, like that like announcement rolled around, I was like, just like let me lose, let me lose. That's uh, <laughs> it's just funny how sometimes that something like that is ultimately why you want to bail on something is just like a, I just I need to use the bathroom. Yeah, I can't do this anymore. Like um, um I actually have to bail on the writers program right now because I have to use the bathroom. <laughs> Sorry guys. I, I love that the uh, the um, <laughs> the visuals or the um, God, I can't think of the word, but 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 what people thought was that you were so upset, you were like I'm taking off all my pageant gear. I'm out. I hate this. <laughs> I hate this thing. I can't believe I didn't win. It reminds me of this really famous uh, drag queen documentary I watched. Which I can't remember the name of. Um, Paris is burning, or the Queen. The Queen. It was the infamous blowout. <gasps> oh, Crystal Labeja. 
Yeah, yeah. Against like, none of the true beauties came tonight, darling. Yeah, yeah. When, when... Um, where's Sabrina? I'll sue the bitch. Yes. Oh, like iconic. Yeah, that's an iconic documentary and moment in documentary history where she uh, loses it, but it's so dramatic and also awesome. Oh my gosh. No, it's so beautiful. And that actually, like, that kind of moment ended up spawning like the like the, the ballroom scene and ballroom culture cuz like crystal went from that and like ended up you know like uh, like you know for like what we know today as you know like ball culture wow it, i mean it was just cinematically you that's like documentary gold if you're filmmaking it's so what good. what everyone a- go watch everyone go watch the queen um, is it, I think it's on Netflix now. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, and also, of... like, that was iconic because, like, this was, like, a drag pageant in, like, 19... I want to say it was, like, 19... This was, like, before Stonewall, I believe. Like, 1968 or something like that, this movie yeah. came out. Yeah, 60s, obviously, so different times as well. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, anyways, I, I like that, that <laughs> your exit from the stage has shades of like oh this person oh god i wish i could live up to that crystal labasia <laughs> uh, so uh well thank you for sharing the story uh ed quite an unexpected outcome for sure uh what i'm curious uh, and i do ask everyone this i'm gonna ask this to you as well uh, but you know why is this a story uh you don't share or haven't till i now? guess I don't know. I just like haven't had a reason to, I guess. I also maybe up until, you know, moving out to LA or, you know, kind of taking uh, a break from drag um, for a bit, you know, to focus more on writing and stuff, like didn't want to like offend the powers that be like oh like i like i didn't like your competition or like or like i don't know um and now it's just like the, 20 i mean 2015 i guess like wasn't super long ago but it feels like a lifetime ago and it's just like oh yeah i didn't give a shit <laughs> well i mean yeah. um like yeah so i guess like to answer your question i didn't want to like ruffle any like i didn't want to make anybody feel bad like oh like it, but yeah and also i don't have like aside from you know some close drag like drag queen friends don't really have many uh, people that i can just like gush to about like oh my god this drag competition ba 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 uh <laughs> right right uh well uh well now uh you You've shared the story. I hope you get the custom outfits you're owed. I don't think I will, and that's okay. It's not right, but it's okay. Well, you know, this is this is broadcast to the world, so I'm sure <laughs> someone's going to hear this. If anyone wants to make me some custom uh, gowns or dresses or whatever, um, I'll link my, my info below. No. <laughs> Uh, you never know. Well, so let's just keep that offer on the table. Uh, but uh, Joe, thanks, thanks, thanks for doing this. 
I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me and listening to my ramblings. Yeah, we'll we'll have to uh, get back to writing virtually as we've been doing as part of this program. Oh but uh, this know. is the closest we've ever been. That's right. Yeah, we are actually in the same space recording this, uh, which we haven't done in all the months we've been working together. So um, yeah, guess back back to writing. Back to uh, I guess you could say this was our. Uh, getting out of a writing slump because I didn't write prior to this. Oh, to this. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't write today. This is my brainstorming session. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening and uh, talk soon. To Bye. You. Hey, if you'd like to know when our next new episode comes in, it's easy. You can subscribe for the best story I never told. That's right, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher.